The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games to play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the fall and pumpkin spice of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who adds a little spice to our show. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I figured me as more of the fall guy in the show, not necessarily <laughs> the spice, but yeah. I'll take it. I'm a spicy that's guy. A, that's a good gaming <laughs> reference right there. The fall guy. That's good. My son who never tries food ever. My wife had um, avocado like dip, like the Tostitos brand. Oh, yeah. She noticed it in the store, so she bought it. She took. She was eating some chips, and she looked at me. She said, oh, this is spicy. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, spicier than I expected it to be. She doesn't have like a good barometer in spice, though, like salt and peppers. She's like, is this spicy? I'm like, no, it has <laughs> spice Midwest in spice it. Right there. <laughs> so that's Midwest uh, spice, putting a little black pepper on something. And my son loves chips, so he sees her eating chips, and he comes over and keeps asking for chips. And then he takes a chip, and he and he never he just dips it right in. He doesn't try, he doesn't ever do things like this. Mm-hmm. And she immediately is like, no, 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 no. I'm like, Ashley, stop. Wait, let's see what happens. <laughs> and he right. puts it in his mouth, and he's like. And immediately, as soon as the chip's in his mouth, his mouth is open, and he's leaning forward, and he's pilly, pilly, picking everything out of his mouth. And he's like, <laughs> it's sour. It's sour. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not sour, buddy. And he's, wait a second. It's spicy. It's spicy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, when you're older, it won't be so spicy. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully he gets my spice genes, because I hope he doesn't get my wife's. I was say, it doesn't seem like he's on that way right now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, segue out of the way. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, it's like we were talking, it's very humid and warm here again. So mm. the nights are uncomfortable again, which is a bummer. That is a bummer. But um, yeah, uh, I'm doing good. I can't, I'm just coming off of a, a victory in Spellbreak, which I found out when we were chatting. It's <laughs> a hollow victory, but I'm taking it as a victory, anyways. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh, not too bad. It's very nice here. It, you know, you said we were talking uh, 60s for the foreseeable future here, which I am stoked about. But it also means that some of these house projects I've been working on, I got to wrap up because 60s mean temperatures far below. Well, t- 60s for high means lows, you know, in the 40s. And that means we're not too far away from having to make sure everything's all set to go for the, for that cooler weather. So I got to wrap some stuff up. But other than that, not too bad. Uh, are you a pickle fan, Josh? Uh, yeah, I, that is an understatement. You love pickles. I Do love, you love them. all types of pickles. Uh, it dep- uh, This is going to be a weird statement. Mm-hmm. I think I like all types of pickles. I don't like all types of pickled products, though. I could that. I don't think that's a weird statement at all. That's totally okay. <laughs> reasonable. I tried to decide. We were. I was having the discussion with the partner the other day about what the best type of pickle 
to put on a burger is. On a burger, okay. Yeah. Do you That's have thoughts tricky. on that? Yeah, yeah I have she, a lot of thoughts big, on that. <laughs> she, she's big into the bread and butter pickles for on burgers, yeah. which I think is fine. I, I think that's totally – it gives a nice little you know, sweetness almost to offset like – I, I, would, I mean, who doesn't eat burgers with cheese? But the, you know, the fact Me. and all that. that <laughs> you don't eat cheese on your burgers? No, it doesn't belong in a hamburger. Well, what about a cheeseburger? I don't eat those. <laughs> <laughs> you never put cheese on your burgers? I don't like it. Um, there's there's one exception. Um, if, if you've ever had like a, um, someone like an Italian burger, like some restaurants have different names for it, but where it's like mozzarella and marinara on a burger. On a bun. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I am okay with that. Um, I just, I just don't like it. I like cheese. I love cheese for, for whatever yeah. reason. I, I do not like it on a hamburger. Interesting. Do you just eat burgers plain then? No, you just don't have it with cheese. Well, what else do you put on your burgers then? <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> Onion. <laughs> well, that's a lettuce, lot of things that it could mustard, be. Mustard, pickles, ketchup, no mayo. No mayo? No, mayo is pus. It's Josh. not, it's not leaving my brain. It could taste delicious. It's not leaving my brain, my friend. This is a far journey from pickles, by the way. <laughs> I, I know it is. I'm just It's okay. I don't I definitely understand I am in the 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 minority on both mayonnaise and cheese on burgers. I get it, but I can't I don't like it. I don't like the taste. And usually burgers are over cheese, and all you taste is cheese. Not for me. Oh no, I don't ever over cheeseburgers. Everyone over cheeseburgers. One slice of cheese is all you need. <laughs> just a slice, because you're right. It should be a, a harmony between all of the things. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So anyway, back to pickles, pickles. Then, what type of pickles do you prefer on your burger? So I like. I agree with you right, to a degree. Like I love. I love um, bread and butter pickles, but I typically snack on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're more flavor wise. I prefer like a sweet relish and a hot dog. So like bread and butter pickles more like cater to that aspect. I think like mm-hmm. a dill, a crunchy, crispy dill pickle is the best on a on a hamburger with the exception of spicy bread and butter pickles. Okay. Which is I'm a big fan of. I have I, t- I typically try all the different types. Like the market typically has like a, a spattering of different brands. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you have like Wild Willies out there. Um um uh, and there's I can't think of the other one I just I just got a new one that is good and I actually like snacking on um spicy bread and butter pickles mm-hmm. too but the brand I got recently is too spicy to just snack Eat. on gotcha. <laughs> but like the Vlasic ones um they have they have pretty good spicy ones um yeah the stackers are pretty good too but I always find the stackers they're never the right size for what you want them on I would agree with that. I spicy pickles have always been a challenge for me. It's not that I don't like them, but when I look at pickles, I never the spicy is like the last thing I'm thinking of. I'm yeah. thinking of usually like a good <laughs> kosher dill pickle. Yeah. So even sweet pickles for me, I'm like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. I always assume dill, but I'm cool with the sweet. But then when I get to the spicy, I I just it was never I never am expecting that. So it just throws me off. It's not that I don't like it. Yeah. Just not anticipating spicy pickles ever. I've made my own pickles before too. I did um, mm-hmm. um, IPA pickles, which are pretty oh, okay. good. Uh, very easy to make. Um, you just need a mason jar and some dill um, pickling spices from the grocery store, like a McCormick, mm-hmm. um, and a beer. 
They're pretty easy to make. And some yeah. of them you can have the next day. You don't even have to wait like a week or a month to enjoy them. Yeah. I do like a good refrigerator pickle. Those that you can make pretty quickly. Just chop up some cucumbers, a few pickling spices, yeah. some vinegar, throw it in there. Eat them even as soon as the next day. But like within a week, they're really solid. Yeah. Mm, love a good yep. refrigerator pickle for sure. So, no, it's just interesting. We We talked a little bit about food on board with everything. And then pickles, I just... I was so shocked because uh, <laughs> the partner went grocery shopping, which doesn't sh- usually that's my thing to do. Not very often is it her realm. Uh, and she, I mean, not that she can't do it, uh, but she came home. And she came home with bread and butter pickles, and I just was not anticipating that. So then we had a long discussion <laughs> about what's the best pickles for burgers. So I thought I'd include you, and then I found out all these other horrendous things like you've never eaten. A, <laughs> this is up there with not have, ever not having, having a, burrito. a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> Never eaten a burrito, never puts bur- cheese on burger. Now, I will say, I don't think a burger has to have cheese. I think you can make excellent burgers without them. But the idea of not ever eating cheese on your burger is kind of mind-boggling. That's, I mean, I've tried it at least, right? Just because I haven't had a burrito, but I've had, I've at least tried cheeseburgers. And I mean, there you go. I mean, what, three out of ten times any fast food restaurant messes up my order of no cheese anyways, so I end up having it <laughs> regardless. Like, I won't throw it away if it has cheese on it. I just don't enjoy it the same. Gotcha. Yeah. But you know what? The, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Burritos Josh. on my short list because Taco Bell's having this promotion for the Xbox Series X. All you have to do is buy a medium. I know you're going to say a Taco Bell burrito is not a real burrito, but technically it is. And I mean. <laughs> if 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 that gets me to try one, it should be considered a burrito. I know, but the, I'm worried though, Josh, because I worry that if you just eat a Taco Bell burrito, you're going to be like burritos are bad because you haven't had a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I won't do it then. I'll, I'll, no, I mean, I'll get a proper you, burrito. If that's what you want to do, go for it. Just if you don't like it, I don't, don't let that be your only – don't write off all other burritos because of that. Okay. All right. I'll, okay. I'll go to Mexicali and, and get one. I'll try a proper um, Mexican burrito. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll get <laughs> out of the show here. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of play some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, Josh, what is your first topic this week? Okay. Uh, In, I would say, relatively big board game news. Yeah. uh, We have HeroQuest makes its triumphant return to the tabletop. Uh, Hasbro's Avalon Hill uh, announces a retail version of the new edition pending a successful crowdfunding campaign. Now, what I thought was funny before we even get into this was how many people were tweeting at Restoration Games asking why they were crowdfunding this, and they were like, we're not doing this. Yeah, that is <laughs> This <funny>. isn't us. <laughs> so uh, Hasbro's Avalon Hill, they announced this. Uh, it's coming. Uh, it's slated for release into retail late next year, so 2021, pending a successful HasLab crowdfunding campaign. Uh, according to Polygon, through an ICV2.com article, um, Hasbro has begun teasing the return over the weekend. 
Um, according to to ICV2, fans of Hero Quest have been waiting for this moment for decades. Uh, however, well, let's say, okay, the crowdfunding campaign has two tiers. That's it. No other options. You either get the game for $99.99, um, or you get the game with two expansions for $149.99. They set a goal of $1 million for their campaign. Um, the management of Avalon Hill has recently moved from Wizards of the Coast back to its parent company. So we have, well, I mean, we have this game that kind of um, everyone in board game has talked about at some point, right? Like this is a game right. that if you know board games, you've heard about Hero Quest. They are currently at $1.6 million. So it is a successful crowdfunding venture. I think the best way to describe this layman's wise is like an original Dungeons and Dragons miniatures game. Yeah. Before they before those games existed. Yep. Um, so what I think is most interesting about this is it's not even like totally unique anymore. This is a style of game that not only does it exist in the board game landscape, it almost overruns a large portion of the board game landscape. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I understand the nostalgia, right? I'm a, I'm a fan of Avalon Hill as well, right? Like um, Betrayal at House on the Hill, one of my favorite games. Uh, I just am really, I thought a ghost was next to me, but it was my cat jumping under the <laughs> table, onto the chair or off of the chair. Um, I just, yeah, um, so I don't know what you get. So let's go over. Uh, the heroic tier includes the core Hero Quest game system featuring 71 highly detailed character and furniture miniatures, as well as four bonus hero miniatures and one exclusive miniature only available. One, one exclusive miniature. <laughs> what a, what a get. <laughs> or you could just wait till it's on the shelf next year. Yeah, we'll go. It's going to be like uh, Marvel United all over. Um, uh, not even close, because there's <laughs> only one. Uh, yes. So, yeah, Sir Ragnar is the exclu- t- limited time exclusives. So that yes. might, it, it will come out eventually. <laughs> it will. Um, you get some cool monsters. Like, the miniatures look f- fine. They don't look, like, incredible. I think um, the furniture is a little bit more unique to this like yeah. we don't typically see that like i have like a 3d printed stuff for gloomhaven but i bought that you know aftermarket right um so it's nice that, that it comes with this yeah uh, I, agree. I think the dungeon decor looks really good yeah and i would argue i think the sculpts are, for the minis are are good i don't think they're bad no they're not bad they're fine they're like normal for at, at this point for kickstarters or crowdfunding yeah. they're, they're normal they, they're pretty yeah that's it's true not, I guess it's not title blades yeah, they've gotten to the point where, yeah, everything is. Yeah, I'm not trying to slam it. The average line has grown. That is is much higher quality than it used to be. You're you're right. Yeah, you're right. not trying to slam it. They look they look fine. Uh, they look they look good in comparison to what maybe people who uh, have an idea of what miniatures are that haven't. Like if someone bought uh, the Godfather game at Marshalls, like I did two Christmases ago, these look better <laughs> than those miniatures. <laughs> Um, in fact, I think the furniture details way better than the actual miniatures. A lot of great detail in the furniture pieces. Yeah, I think the fireplace looks really cool. It does, yeah. In the alchemist bench, yeah, they look really good. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to do the mythic tier, 
Uh, you're getting those same detailed character and furnitures, as well as four bonus miniature heroes and one exclusive miniature only, as well as two game expansions, two more exclusive figures, and all available unlocks, which will be in the campaign. Uh, the expansion is Return of the Witch Lord. Uh, you get the Mentor and Wizard Hero card and the Witch Lord mini. Then you get Keller's Keep. Uh, yeah, and then they have some unlocks down here. Um, dice, some miniatures, a quest book, which has not been unlocked yet. That's at 2 million. Uh, so I guess let's start. Did you play Hero Quests back in the day? So this is going to be an odd answer, but I think so. <laughs> That's not odd. <laughs> and the reason I say I think so is I very distinctly remember playing a game that I think was Hero Quest with my friend down the road whose older cousin always wanted to play with us. And I'll be honest, I never knew what game it was, but now looking at this and seeing especially actually the furniture sculpts and stuff, I think it was Hero Quest I played. I mean, like if the a, original game had, you know, these sorts of general um, furniture type mini things with it, I think maybe I did play this. But I don't, I mean, obviously, I remember so little, I can't effectively be like, yeah, it was great. It was so cool. I remember when I did XYZ <laughs> thing. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm one of those people who I don't have fond, nostalgic memories of Hero Quest because, like I said, if I did play it, uh, I barely remember it. What about you? I didn't. Um, I'm looking at actually original Hero Quest uh, on eBay. The board is almost identical to the current, the new one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there definitely looks like there was uh, furniture pieces, but they were like build. You build them out of cardboard. Okay. So they were 3D, but you were building them. Building on a cardboard. Hmm. Yeah, and that's included in the instructions. That? In the miniatures were plastic. They look like army men. Uh, that I do, yes, that I do remember just of seeing pictures of the original, but it does look like that. You can yeah. buy it used for $275. That's almost like uh, Gravity Rush Remastered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't play it. Um, I keep confusing it with that game that Tom Vassal loved uh, with the pieces that you connect together to create landscapes. What is that game? Oh, Hero Clicks? Hero Cl no, the old, 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 old game. Was it Hero Clicks? Oh, no. um, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That you build an environment yourself. Yes, yes. It has yes, water yes. tiles, dirt tiles, yes. castles. Oh, my gosh. And I always, <laughs> I always associate that with Hero Quest for some reason. Um, so it's, I mean, it's not super important. <laughs> It's not. It's not. Uh, but it's just that's that's what I always associated with them. So like when I saw what Hero Quest was, because I was like, oh cool, maybe I'll back that, because that looks really cool to build all these the terrain and stuff. But it's not the game I was thinking of, which kind of maybe lowered my uh, excitement pretty quickly. It doesn't. I mean, I'm happy for people who are excited about it, but honestly, it doesn't look like anything special to me. And I I say that like begrudgingly, like I don't want to say that. It just doesn't look... I have Gloomhaven for the same price. Yeah. And it looks way better. <laughs> and it has way more stuff. So um, I'm really curious why they're doing the crowdfunding. Why it's going to cost so much. Uh, it's proven that miniatures don't cost that much anymore, right? So I just... I, I guess I think that it's a bloated price banking off 
people's nostalgia, which it clearly is being is successful regardless of my thoughts of it, right? <laughs> $1.6 million so far, they're doing fine. It just, it, it is not, it's not what I was expecting. Heroescape. Heroescape, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was bothering me big time. Yeah. Yes, Heroescape. <laughs> Uh, so I honestly, mm, this is funny because I don't think this is a horrible price for what you're getting. Yeah. I think at the hundred dollar tier, you're getting, I don't know, 71 minis, a board, a whole boatload of cards, shields, dice. I, I don't know that it's a, a bad price. I, I don't think it's a screaming deal by yeah. any means either. But I, when I look at the price and I see what I'm getting, I don't think it's completely out of line with what I would expect. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. So, and again, you know, it, these are always hard things to know, too, because it very clearly says on here that uh, these are digital concepts and we don't know what the right. actual final versions <laughs> right. are going to be. So maybe it is not going to look like it because I think the artwork looks pretty nice. I think, like I said, I think the sculpts for the minis when you zoom in look good. I don't, I, you know, I think those look nice. The art on the cards, the spell cards, I think looks really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know that I think that the hundred bucks is a horrible price, and the one fifty with the two expansions. I mean, you're getting a decent number of additional miniatures in each expansion. It looks like they each have like twenty ish additional uh, minis that are in there. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I don't have the nostalgia for this, so I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on it anyway. Right. I I do wonder if have I didn't even know this Hasbro Pulse thing existed. I didn't know this was a way that they did crowdfunding. And in looking just in general, they have a few other things on here that they've done in the past, which is cool, yeah. I guess, or for the HasLab that they got here. Hasbro Pulse is the website, but HasLab, I guess, is technically the um, the the funding or, or their – yeah, it's just weird. Like, this seems like this should be a Kickstarter, but they guaranteed pre-order, I guess, maybe? They get to keep more of the money so they want to do it themselves, I right. guess? They don't have to give Kickstarter their cut. But I do wonder if this was on something like Kickstarter, if it would make more money. Probably. It's more visible to people. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't get it. I don't, you know, like I said, you have Gloomhaven, Frosthaven's coming right around the corner. Uh, I don't know that I, I need to find out what <laughs> Hero Quest was all about. But I also don't know. Are they tweaking anything? It didn't. It wasn't clear. Like, it didn't say if they were changing anything of the game. Um, right. I guess that's a problem they should maybe say that <laughs> but at, yeah. least, at least it wasn't noted that they were but also that's what you see in a typical kickstarter not necessarily something coming from a company so they yeah they, you know maybe they just don't want to say <laughs> yeah and there is a video here i could watch but i don't want to watch it while we're ch chatting so yeah um, no i hear you uh hasbro pulse also that's their rebranding of their uh, I would I would say not quoting them their fifteen to thirty five age range print. So oh, gotcha. all their okay. like they just did Hasbro Pulse Con over the weekend, where they revealed all the new Star Wars Black Series figures, Transformers, GI Joe. Okay, um, they're just kind of lumping this into that same um, Hasbro Pulse line of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, on a Polygon interview about this, uh, it says that brand manager Patrick O'Rourke said. Quote, while the gameplay featured in the original 1989 version of HeroQuest will remain true, the game will be updated to deliver the high-quality experience it deserves. So a vague... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be the same but different is basically what they just said. We're going right? to make it... 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be the same but better. He said nothing. Like, he said a lot by like. saying nothing. Yeah, it's gonna be the same but better. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely check this out when it gets to retail. I do wonder how many of these are actually gonna be released to retail. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I think this is probably not a two player game, right? Probably not a two player. Yeah, doesn't I think it? It's, I don't would know. be maybe it seems to me like it's a more than two player game like three to five or three to seven or something like that i don't know oh two to five players well that's the 1989 okay. one yeah but hey remember they said It'll it's be gonna the be same. the same but different <laughs> so. yeah okay uh, for some reason uh based on the amount of stuff well I, I definitely agree there's a lot of stuff in it and it's definitely like um D and D asks, so I just assumed it would be it would require more than two players. But it looks like we're good. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else you want to say about uh Hero Quest coming back? It looks like those original furnitures were plastic pieces you built, not wooden. Oh, okay. But you did have maybe to it, man, build maybe them. it was maybe it was Hero Quest I played and I don't even know. Yeah, so. I found a better image of the game. A lot of cards. Yes. That I do yeah. I feel like maybe it was Hero Quest I played. Because I do remember a lot of cards. So cool. Well, there we go. I'm learning as we're talking. <laughs> no, that's cool. All right. So sticking in the board game realm, come on has announced a new game. Come on. And it is a crossover, <laughs> just like us, because the last of us board game is coming. So this weekend, yesterday for us, last Saturday for all of you, when we re- released this episode was uh, the Last of Us Day, which was formerly known as Outbreak Day, but Naughty Dog decided that, you know, with the way that things are in the world right now, <laughs> that we probably should rename that day. Um, and if you're not familiar, that is in the lore of the game, the day uh, that the outbreak started that causes all of the things uh, the cor- with the Cordyceps virus and all those things that result in the Last of Us games happening and in that world. So each year for the Last of Us Day, uh, they release... Usually it's like some merch you can buy, some limited edition posters and soundtracks, vinyl soundtracks, and usually a theme or something on the PlayStation Store. So nothing super, super awesome, but every once in a while, everyone wants there to be like this really cool additional announcement, but usually it's just fun stuff you can spend money on. <laughs> so thanks, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in a free theme. Um, but this year it was announced that they are working on a tabletop game for The Last of Us. Come on is responsible for it, working with Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, so there was a press release press release that was um, unveiled, giving us some indication about Really nothing at all yeah. about what the game is going to be about, how it's going to play, or when it is coming out. They basically just said, we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, let's save them some time. We're going to design <laughs> a Last of Us board game. Does that sound like a plan? It sounds horrible. But yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So, if you were going to make a Last of Us board game, Josh, yeah. what type of board game would you make? Because I think there's a lot of options, potentially, right? You yeah. You follow the stories and do a story-driven game. So, you could, or I should say, you should follow the games that exist to follow the story of those games, but do it in a tabletop wet role. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you could do it. What would you do if you were designing a Last of Us game? Well, fun fact, we have done this in one of our Halloween episodes. I know we have. Um, I think having actually now played The Last of Us 2 fully yeah. and, uh, and ex- finally experienced that world, I mean, a Last of Us 2 board game has to be 100% grounded in story. You think so? I, I think. I, I mean, you could put out a Last of Us game in any theme, right? But I think right. if you want the fans of the series to love this game, and you're mm-hmm. not necessarily just thinking of um, 
profitability. I know that that's a crazy sentence. Um, for the fans, you want it to be a story-driven board game. Right. I think the more I've thought about this, and now also having played The Last of Us 2 and all this good stuff, I think having a either 1v1 or 1v many, if you, uh, where the many being people playing the characters from the game, a uh, hidden movement game where the objective is to get out of the place. So you have people like one, t- like, you know, you might have one person playing as Ellie, one person playing as Joel, and one person playing as Tommy. Yeah. And then the other person is controlling all of the baddies, right? All of the clickers, all of that. And then it kind of becomes a hidden movement game that you can attempt to just kind of sneak out of there if you want to. You can uh, try to take them down, you know, the bad guys down if you want to. Uh, but that certain movements or certain actions might cause noise, which will kind of give your position away and allow them to uh, move towards you or surround you or however it is. Uh, and it's kind of an all or nothing, right? Like if all of the humans escape or you kill all the clickers, you win. If any of them fall, the clickers win. I think that would be kind of fun if you wanted to try to avoid story, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You actually kind of hit uh, the nail on the head in one of my ideas for what I would do. What would it, What's that? So this is what I was thinking. And I, it's probably uber ambitious and would never happen. But what I was thinking of, thinking of The Last of Us 2 and what they make you, how they make you play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really thinking of... Mixing up Jerry's storybook games with a choose-your-own-adventure style game. So, and and you kind of nailed what I was going with for the choose-your-own-adventure. So, one of the story pages you're in, um, we'll say the aquarium, or if they're not Mm going to follow that, like uh, a market. You, If you go through and you successfully complete that storybook page uh, stealth, you have you go to a different page. But if you just oh. clear the room and kill all the clickers, you go to a different page. So all your your choices are different. But you never know when you're going to turn the page and have to play as Abby or, you know, not necessarily Abby, but a different character. Right. So it's like Stop Fables, but you're not always the bear. Sometimes you're the lion. But instead of the lion, it's like sometimes you're the nightmare creature. <laughs> like <laughs> I think, I think keeping the perspective on both sides from uh-huh. like my like from what I thought about Last of Us Two seem like it, it hits it struck such a chord that I don't see how that wouldn't be powerful in board games. Right, where you you like you play I don't know like what uh, a quarter of the storybook as the good guys, and then all of a sudden they flip the page literally, and you're right experiencing a chapter as the bad guys like i really i was really thinking on like how that could be incorporated because the stealth part is really important in the last of us if you choose to make it important i didn't there was definitely Mm -hmm. times they forced you to be stealthy right um but and then i've seen so many videos of people playing last of us 2 after release where they've done some of the most aggressive violent things that i didn't even know you could do in the game i didn't even know what character animations so yeah. there's a lot of different things. So I thought the the illusion of choice is big in The Last of Us 2, but in board games, you can make that a reality. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that everything about this game, though, 
very much says is The Last of Us. Right. It's not The Last of Us Part 2. Right, and that's where my head was stuck. <laughs> right, and all of the key art that they have shown is Joel and Ellie and, mm-hmm. and images from the original game. So I do wonder how much this is very much set in the first game, uh, first video game. And I do wonder if they're just going to kind of follow the story of that game or if it's going to be... Because I'm trying to think of a way to make this fun and engaging but also one of the things with the, even the first last of us is there are moments in there that completely sub- subvert your expectations right yeah. there are things that happen where you're like i don't know if i agree with that but i guess that's where we're going and i'm trying to figure out how do you translate that into a board game yeah they could also make this alongside the show yeah to make it a little bit more of a um, companion piece because mm-hmm. I think Joel and Ellie are still in the show, right? As far as we know, I don't know that they've they haven't announced casting yeah, or anything like that. From what we know, it's going to follow the first game, though, yeah. is my understanding. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. As far as like my thought, like, you could you could totally remove the uh, antagonist protagonist angle and still include that like um, multiple ways to tackle a scenario in a, in, a, in like the storybook uh, aspect. But I mean, obviously, like we we would. The first thing we both think of is Dead of Winter, right? But it doesn't have to right. be that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the quote, one of the quotes from the press release says, We are honored to have the chance to translate a modern classic of the video game industry into a unique and compelling board game experience. The Last of Us is a series that many of us at Command have followed from its inception, and we are eager to adapt the stirring character-driven player experience to tabletop, letting folks, letting fans explore the world and story in an entirely new way way so i do think it is going to be very character driven i do think it is probably going to be scenario based sounding like right sounds like it um yeah i don't know i think your idea though of kind of the book approach the choose your own adventure though you don't always necessarily know what you're choosing right you don't know yeah. exactly the, the ramifications of your decision which makes sense would would fall in with you know the character driven making those decisions and not knowing exactly how things would go I think that'd be an exciting way for them to do it. I think it would also let them uh, explore other parts of the lore or other characters maybe that didn't get as much attention as we would hope. Still obviously likely playing the main protagonist, but interacting with and having the opportunity to interact more with some side characters I think would be pretty cool. Yeah, and, my, and you know, like it adds replayability. They can include hidden movement because you know how much I love hidden movement games. So you could find like like every like few chapters there's a hidden movement objective like yeah that could be great too but um yeah i think we're in a serious lack of hidden movement games at least to my knowledge because i love them so much <laughs> uh we're gonna it's gonna be a hidden movement roll and right that's what it's going to be <laughs> everyone draws the path that they went on and if right, anyone exactly. matches up you get killed <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. So finally, Josh, uh, final couple questions about this. Number one, when do you think this game is coming out? <laughs> and number two, is this going straight to retail or is this going to be a Kickstarter? 2021. It's Simon, So it goes to Kickstarter because I messaged you and I said, what? A Simon game that didn't go to Kickstarter? Uh, Did the God of War game go to Kickstarter? It didn't actually. Uh, way to rub that in my face. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you're right. Um, that must they must have a nice solid relationship with Sony then. I I was actually thinking of the God of War game while we were talking and how I haven't played right. it, how I haven't played it yet. Yeah, um, which makes me want to play it now to see 
where they where where Simon's head is at in the Sony world at least because I feel like right. that'll give me like a baseline for maybe where they're gonna take The Last of Us. Yeah, because uh, who remind me who is just shipped um, Horizon? Oh, um, uh, Steamforge. Steamforge, and that was prior to this relationship. So it seems like maybe Sony is down with working with Simon more rather than Steamforge at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's been so many complaints about Steamforge um, that people are actually just genuinely happy that their games are showing up because they weren't that's expecting true. them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's also that's a year true. later than they said that they would show that up. they would. Yeah. Man, that was game. <laughs> and I do think, you know, the God of War game isn't super expensive. So I, I do wonder if because they're trying to cross over, if maybe we're thinking too deeply about this, maybe it is going to be a little more of a straightforward game because I believe the God of War game is a little more straightforward from what I've heard. Uh, because they're looking for that crossover of people who are maybe into video games and not so much into tabletop that would still maybe be interested in picking this game yeah. up, especially if they really like The Last of Us. Bridge so. that gap and get them into the board gaming industry. Yeah, but I do think 2021 is a good idea. I do think it's going to go straight to retail, though. I don't think it's going to be kickstarted. I mean, I I could see it. Yeah, when you bring up God of War, that makes more sense. Um, but I could see it being kickstarted and coming to retail just like a month later. Yeah, um, I, and that definitely could. That wouldn't surprise me if it happened. I just since God of War didn't go to read, didn't did not get yeah. started. I'm assuming this won't either. Yeah, you're right. Sony probably has a thing where they they don't want them to do that. So, and I'm sure probably paying them handsomely. Oh so. yeah, they could have bought awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, Josh, <laughs> your second topic this week. Hey. So the day after we recorded our podcast. So expect big news Monday. I know, right? <laughs> expect big news yesterday when you're listening to this. Uh, <clears throat> Microsoft, well, <laughs> first of all, let's talk about this first. So the day, our episode, the day our episode posted last week, the Xbox Series S and X went on pre-sale. Yeah, they did. Leading up to that, we talked. We knew Microsoft said, hey, uh, retailers won't be dropping early. And these are the times it's going to go live, etc. <laughs> now you didn't try to get one, correct? No, I have not tried to. Get I one did. <laughs> I was at my computer at eleven, no, twelve, eleven a.m. Eastern time or twelve. I don't remember at this point. I think it was eleven. Yeah. Um, ready with my Amazon on my phone. I had my Best Buy, my Microsoft Store, my Target. All up, my and my goal was to to do the all access pre order, right? Because mm-hmm. that was uh, more financially feasible to me. So there's only certain retailers that were doing it. Uh, Target isn't even doing it until the day of release, so you can rule Target right out. So it was Walmart, GameStop, Microsoft Store. Um, every single one of their sites was down <laughs> from get go. Uh, in fact, once I was able to get through on GameStop, you had to wait through a queue, and then I got through to the processing of the uh, or to the page to apply for the all access. Uh, I got a reply like, um, "Yeah, this company's servers are overloaded and they're not taking any more requests." So I'm great. So this went swimmingly. So I refreshed pages for an hour. Nothing popped. Best Buy didn't even list it yet. So Best Buy and Amazon didn't list the console until after over an hour 
of the pre-sale. Um, but I was following the Discord and, of course, everyone's Savior Wario64 on Twitter. And we got a notification that, that Amazon posted. So I jumped right to Amazon. I was able to pre-order on Amazon, the Series X. Not all access, just flat out. Um, and then, of course, like five days later, I got an email from Amazon being like, hey, we can't promise you del- uh, <laughs> release date right. delivery. Great. Uh, so... I would say um, the launch was not great, but to the point where I don't know a better way to do it unless you just remove all online pre-orders and make people do it in stores. I think that's the only way to do it, like without having people disappointed, waiting for hours to not get anything. But there were still pictures of people at some GameStops showing two X's and zero S's at some GameStops. Right. Like, I mean, most of them had more than that, but there were definitely some. I, who knows if it was like a Kenosha, Wisconsin store that had two, and that's it. But <laughs> who, why gotta uh, be hate on Wisconsin? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be, but <laughs> I got no problem with Wisconsin. I just r- r- recognize the population. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm originally from Minnesota, so I have to have problems with Wisconsin. Oh, there you go. It's kind of one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. I just I think it 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 didn't. It wasn't as hectic and as frustrating as the PlayStation One, but o- but only because of the messaging, and otherwise it would have been just as frustrating. <laughs> right. So you have well, any- it's okay. I think what twenty people in the Discord ordered an Xbox. Twenty four. Twenty four. We got twenty four. I think what four? three people have a PS Five. <laughs> four people have a PS Five. Yeah, it's definitely so it's okay. lower. <laughs> they'll tell you if you go to the Discord, they'll tell you you know that we're a PlayStation slanted Discord, but I mean. <laughs> Well, not. We? Uh, I don't know. Are we? Anyway, recently there's been much debate. We've had people move from PlayStation into Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's been interesting. So yeah, so that that aside, um, the day before, which this could have hurt uh, that Tuesday morning to a degree, or helped. I guess the depending <laughs> well, on how you look at helps it, helps Microsoft hurt me. Uh, yeah, uh, Microsoft just kind of like well at first. It broke in our Discord the rumor, right? And we know how rumors in Twitter work now. Either it's corroborated in five minutes or it's dispelled in five minutes. Uh, so a thing popped up. Hey, uh, rumors are Microsoft's going to acquire ZeniMax. And I'm like, okay, who's ZeniMax? And then it didn't take long for me to figure out that ZeniMax owns Bethesda. And uh, a bunch of other people, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first comment was, no way. I don't believe it. And then it literally took three minutes before the the article actually <laughs> released from Xbox, I think Newswire or Xbox Wire, which is a credible source. Uh, and they, you know, they confirmed it. Yeah, hey, Microsoft um, has has announced their like uh, verbal legal jargon, like. Uh, they are interested in proposing to maybe potentially buy ZeniMax Media for $7.5 billion, billion dollars in cash, which is insane on so many levels. In fact, if you want to hear more about this, I don't know that we need to talk about it extensively. I would say check out the Xbox Empire on Play Some Video Games Network, uh, where we have been blessed with a new host uh, that joined Donnie. Um, and um, 
what is talked about is, uh, I mean, a lot about what happens with this deal, what their opinions are on um, where we're going. Um, I don't know. Kyle, like, I didn't want to bring the room down when this news came out. But I kind of don't like Bethesda. <laughs> uh, I je- like I enjoy some of their games, right? Uh huh. But really, uh, it's a non. I sh- I don't want to downplay it. It's not important to me, but right. I acknowledge how colossal this is for the video game industry. Right. And for Bethesda fans, definitely, uh, uh, and I should say Elaine is the new co-host, or the new host, yes. actually, of Xbox Drive. Yes. Um, but it definitely offers um, some debate on what are PlayStation fans going to do, and what does this mean for them? Because are we looking at uh, console exclusivity post-Deathloop? Um, and what was the other one? They're not moving. Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire Tokyo. So, like, are we looking at console exclusivity? There's a lot of questions, like, should there be console exclusivity? Um, should they still allow games to come on PlayStation? Should it be timed? Like, there's a lot to, to debate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it really comes down to what, my, I guess, what Microsoft wants to do. I'm sure Bethesda right. has to say. But uh, do they want to expand their audience? And let players play these games on PlayStation, or do they want to drive people to Game Pass? And I think we know the answer to that. Uh, but at what cost? And well, I, <laughs> I think though that those can be the same thing, though, right? Yes, I agree. Because if yeah. you're Xbox and you're like, hey, you can play Starfield on Game Pass for ten dollars a month, or you can buy it for. Ah, $80, we'll I know, say, right? on PlayStation 5. <laughs> you could do that. Yes. We'll take your money, or you could just come over here and, you know, pay 10 bucks a month, and then you can play Starfield. And you can buy like, our, they totally do you that buy our $300 console. Like, but, they, but you don't have to if you have a PC. That's true. You can just do it on a PC. Yeah, and by, and realistically, by the time that game comes out, uh, I mean, consoles will probably be like 150 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, or we'll, 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 I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I, I will say one thing real briefly I do want to say, though, about all of that. The the people who are absolutely, like, credulous against the idea of people being like, I wonder if Bethesda is still going to publish on PlayStation and being like, well, if PlayStation bought it, would you ever, ever expect it? Yeah. Well, A, no, because PlayStation functions and operates differently than Xbox does, mm-hmm. right? Xbox bought Mojang and Minecraft is still published everywhere in fact they just released minecraft dungeons everywhere a couple months ago yeah right so acting like it's completely ridiculous to ask the question to me is that to me is ridiculous being like why would you even ask that question of course they're going to be exclusive well microsoft's track record hasn't always shown that to be true and some people are like well yeah but minecraft already existed on those platforms sure but minecraft dungeons didn't so it's not ridiculous now I think Microsoft's going to do whatever they want to do. I think any possibility, I think they don't know yet, to be honest. Yeah. I think I think the reason they're like, we're going to do it on a console by console or a game by game basis is because they just spent $7.5 billion to buy a game <laughs> publisher. Yeah. And in a year or two, when they actually have to start making decisions about 
where games are going to release and how they're going to start seeing a return on that on that $7.5 billion purchase, they're going to crunch the numbers at that time and make the decision about how those games are going to release. Because I genuinely don't think they know yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I also, I didn't think about that they're getting all the licensing for all these board games that are out too. Yeah. Which is great. Like that, maybe that will open up some doors for Microsoft um, as far as getting some more of their IP in board gaming if they find it to be fruitful. Um, I mean, I could talk a lot more about this. I really do think we're we're blessed to be part of this um, podcast network where I can we can just kind of direct people to another podcast to listen to more specifics. Um, I do agree. Like, I don't. I know you've been a little. I know you've been out of the Discord for for a bit because uh, uh, you're busy with everything, but this def- that definitely came up conversationally about the whole um, why why wouldn't like would Sony do this? Uh, you know, if they had this license, wouldn't they make everything exclusive? And and the Mojang thing was brought up as an argument too. Um, the only thing I would say that is is a little different, which they 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 definitely reference is that it was a a uh, pre-existing game that was already available on all platforms. So for maybe mm-hmm. any new first-party titles from Bethesda, that they're mm-hmm. not necessarily inclined to make them available like on PlayStation. Dungeons. Well, Minecraft Dungeons was before a Bethesda. Oh, it was that that was post Mojang, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Minecraft Dungeons. It just wasn't came being out developed like, though when they bought it. I don't think so. Oh, okay. It was never. Pro- I mean, it got announced. What? Two E3s ago? That's fair. So do you think that's comparable to Starfield? I, I, I'm just saying, I don't know. Like I said, I think that there's a distinct possibility Microsoft will make everything exclusive. Yeah. But I'm just saying based off of how they have done in the past, like asking the question, I don't think is ridiculous. Oh, no, for sure. You can. I mean, no question is ridiculous. You know? Yeah. And that's why I think if obviously PlayStation has never played nice in that way. So if PlayStation bought it. My assumption would be PlayStation would automatically make everything exclusive because that's the way PlayStation works. Microsoft, who says they want you to play everywhere on everything on anything you want to, <laughs> doesn't always work that way. So I don't think it's a ridiculous question. But like I said, I think they will make the decision when they re- are figuring out or once they have figured out what's the best way for them to start making some cash back on $7.5 billion, Josh. It's insane. So last question, and this is this feeds more into the... Microsoft versus Sony debate. Do you think if Microsoft decides to make Bethesda games in the future console exclusive, mm-hmm. that they will face more backlash than if Sony had done it? They will face more backlash. So say um, instead of Sony, so Sony buys Bethesda, they make Bethesda games exclusive. Do you think who's under more scrutiny? And this is... Just a question for me. I don't want anyone to read into it. <laughs> I just, I'm just, in my head, I really feel like with Microsoft being the quote unquote underdog, at least for consoles, right. that they're under harsher scrutiny on what they do. Like taking a game away, taking games away from people on PlayStation who are console majority owners, like in households. Right. I feel like that would make people more mad at Microsoft. But I, I think that people might be more mad at Microsoft, but I also think it goes back to the expectation, right? right? If Sony were to, when Sony buys someone, there is no expectation or thought that they would ever release that game elsewhere because they, that's not what they do. That's not how they run business. That's not the way they've been. You know, when you look at 
timed exclusivity and content only available on their console and all like that is the game that they play and people hate that they play that game but that's what the expectation is when sony does something uh microsoft i think like we've said has done things a little bit differently yeah so i don't know that I think because the door is open and they haven't closed it, like they could have come out and closed it now and bitten the bullet now, but yeah. they chose not to. So I think that's the big thing of that. They could come out and be like, hey, we're buying Bethesda. So if you want to play Bethesda games, you might need to order an Xbox on Tuesday. Yeah. They could have done that. That's true. And I think people would be like, oh, that's stupid, but I guess it makes sense. So darn it, I guess I'm ordering an Xbox, right? Like they could, I think that would have been the smarter move for them if they are going to go all exclusive of just bite it at that time yeah because people are that's the first question people are going to be wondering about so now if you're like oh case-by-case basis but then in two years you are like ah never mind we're not doing that yeah like now you've kind of had to go through like the question twice does that make sense yeah you can't backtrack you have to you have to like measure out your 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 information you're putting out there like so i agree and like a lot of the things people are saying who are excited they're like can you imagine only being able to play Doom and Fallout and Elder Scrolls on Xbox, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, because ten years ago, no, if someone said, "Can you imagine only being able to play Spider-Man on the PlayStation?" People are like, right. no way, that would never right. happen. So I get it, and, and, and maybe this is like Microsoft's foot into that into the door to try to be more like Sony. Instead of saying that they're not in the console race, they're like, hey, we changed our minds. We're 100% <laughs> well, it, in the console race right yeah. now. <laughs> and to be clear, if they make everything exclusive, like that's fine. Like I don't care. I'm not going to be mad at them if they choose to do that. They spent $7.5 billion. They can do whatever yeah, they, they want. Yeah, they got to get that money to back to, somewhere. <laughs> to recoup that money. You know, Whatever they decide is best, I'm not going to be mad at that. Yeah. Uh, so they can do what they want to do. Josh, do you think that there's been a lot of talk now about whether or not Sony needs to answer this acquisition? Do you think Sony needs to quote unquote answer this acquisition? No, because Microsoft is still catching up. And people are like, <laughs> Sony has to buy Konami. No, no, they don't because they have. Well, they have like, t- Sony has like, or Microsoft has like 10 more studios than Sony does now. Right. That doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where we're at. Like, me, the Xbox has played mm-hmm. more games on the PlayStation in the past two years than I've played on the Xbox. Yeah. And they were console exclusives. Yeah. Like, Sony's fine, and I love the games that Sony has, and I love the games that Microsoft has, but mm-hmm. there's just it's just not comparable number-wise, you know? Yeah, and I think in probably about two years or so, maybe even not quite that long, 18 months, I think we're going to start seeing, you know, uh, the the fruition of all these deals Microsoft has made, you're going to start seeing a lot of games being churned out to be on Game Pass and to really drive home the value of Game Pass. So yeah, and all and all the all the words we're getting from these studios are how awesome Microsoft has been to them, how creative like they have been able to be without this looming debt over their heads mm-hmm. in time. So yeah, I really do agree. I think like we're like a year or two out from. 15 first party titles in a year that are probably good. Yeah. They got great studios. They just need the time to get those games out. And, and, you know, some of those studios are under contract to make games that are on both consoles, but eventually that's going to be gone and it's just going to be Microsoft Studios games. Well, and realistically, though, we're getting to the point, you know, prior to the Bethesda acquisition, 
we were getting to the point where we were pretty much down there, right? Like Psychonauts was about all that was left, I think, that was meant to be multi-platform from the the previous yeah. grouping of things they had bought. And obviously now with the addition of Bethesda, there's a couple games that will definitely be, you know, on multiple consoles. But still, even those all should be out next year. Yep. So we're not that far away from, you know, really seeing the full power of the Xbox first party being put fully <laughs> towards Xbox. So. Yes. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, it's a crazy time so, to be into video games. <laughs> it is. A, it is. It absolutely is. Awesome. Anything else you want to say about that, Josh? No. I mean, I'm happy for everyone who's happy. And yeah. it will make me play more Bethesda games because that's what Game Pass makes me do. Makes me play games I never play. Yeah, I don't know if it'll make me play more Bethesda <laughs> games. We'll see. I did look. Uh, since the on the on play Since this console generation, I've played a grand total of three Bethesda games. So... That's why I'm like also I think I'm like at two. <laughs> yeah, I played both the Wolfenstein, Wolfensteins, and I played uh, Dishonored. Those are the three games I've played. I will try Doom Eternal on October first. I'll try it. I don't expect. Oh, to... I did try Doom. I did try Doom. I don't I expect before, to like it, but I will play it. <laughs> not my Doom. So. Hashtag not my Doom. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Josh. So my second topic is. Tom, over at the Dice Tower, you recently reviewed Tellstones, uh, the new game from Riot. Riot released Mexican Minions uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was at this point. Um, a Mexican Minions game that was widely loved. Uh, people really seemed to enjoy it. Tom, you know, reviewed Tellstones, and uh, he hated it. He <laughs> really hated it. Josh, did you by see, chance see his video review for Tellstones? I didn't see the video. Um in fact, I didn't even know about Telstones until I started like looking up news topics and I was going to uh, do it. And then I saw that uh-huh. you had included it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'll let Kyle yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So Tom went through and kind of talked about And what Telstones is, is like I said, it's a new game from Riot. It is set in the League of Legends universe. Uh, and it is a kind of a bluffing deduction memory game, basically. And <laughs> the one thing I will say about Tom... Uh, Vassal, when he reviews board games, he he really has no problems telling you if he likes a game, and he really has no problems telling you if he does he not. He does like a segment, game. which I love, where he waits until he has eight board games that he hates, and then he does a a lump review video, and it's like, top eight games Tom hates this week, and I love watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, Tom really not liking this game, especially since it came from Riot, right? A really big publisher the biggest really actually the biggest video game publisher in the world right now um with league of legends and all the stuff they're doing over there uh you know a lot of folks were applauding tom for not liking the game and talking about how because he talked about how he doesn't like this game it, it it's clear he has a significant amount of integrity when he does his reviews so this has kind of brought up a a discussion if you would about do if is the only way to have integrity to review games negatively like if the only reviews you po- you post are positive does that mean you are lacking integrity in your game reviews did tom say that or did because i see that watcher played said the integrity thing tom did tom actually say 
No, no, no. He has so integrity. <laughs> no, no, no. So basically what happened is Tom, since he was like, hey, this game stinks, a whole bunch of people commenting on Tom's review were like, it's really nice to see a board game reviewer with integrity. Uh, He's obviously, you know, and so then uh, Rodney over at Watch It Played was like, yeah. hey, careful. Like, just because someone gives a negative review doesn't mean they have more integrity than somebody who maybe liked this game. Because up until that, most of the reviews for Telestones were, were pretty positive. Tom was really the first one to come out and be like, this game isn't good. And he even waited for a week after the review embargo to post his review. So he like watched others reviews because he's like, I really don't like this game. And he watched others reviews and they were all talking about how they liked it. And he couldn't figure it out. He's like, do we play the same game? Like, I don't understand why people like this game. This game is not good. Um, So anyway, so like I said, so Tom said, this game stinks. Everyone's like, yes, a reviewer with integrity. So the question is, (laughs) <laughs> Do you have to have at least some negative reviews to show that you have integrity in your review? Ugh, it's such a stupid thing. The internet is stupid. <laughs> you can like everything you play. That's fine. Like, right. I, I, there's a lot of video games I don't like. I constantly think about this. There are very few board games I don't like, but right. board games are social. It yeah. all hinges on your experience period and that includes your surroundings in real life i could play stone age and hate it one day because everyone was terrible and in a bad mood but that you know the thing about board games that differs from video games too is it's like sometimes it's a one and done situation like you you spend 60 hours sometimes 30 to 60 hours of the video game if you like it Mm -hmm. Uh, even if it's that long you have, and if you like, think of Last of Us too. How many hours did you not enjoy that you were playing it in the grand scheme of it? Like, there's also different <laughs> varying experiences in video games. Um, I mean, just because I'm stressed, does that mean I'm not liking it? <laughs> but like, I loved Avengers. I I don't uh-huh. like it right now because I don't have anyone to play with, and everything right. I've done so far is done. Like everything else hinges on me having a social experience with it. So mm-hmm. these things change. So the fact that people think it's okay to even question someone's integrity just in this type of situation is is mind-boggling that that right. people's brains work this way. And then why wouldn't just every reviewer just pick a game to just hate just to say they hate it even if they love it if it gets right. them <laughs> the integrity boost <laughs> like yeah. I'm not budging on this. I hate this game and I'll never like it. That means I have integrity. It's like how I feel about Sentinels of the Multiverse. <laughs> I clearly have integrity because I don't want to play a game with horrible children's art. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy. Um, I did see like the first comment on one of the, well, not the first comment. One of the comments really... Uh, kind of spoke to how I felt when I saw what the game was. And, and he says, uh, this guy, Chris Cantrell, commented, um, he says, I think there are a non-zero amount of people that will play Telstones and feel the exact same way that Tom did. And I don't take any of it personally. I'm wondering if he's involved with the game. <laughs> uh, memory as a mechanic tends to elicit a very strong reaction from folks. And it isn't from for everyone. And I agree. I don't own any memory board games. And I probably would not want to because mm-hmm. I while I definitely will experience those types of games with my son because I understand that's important 
for learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't enjoy them because it stresses me out too much. And and I can tell you when I play Fall Guys and I get the memory game, it makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> and that just, I mean, and that's part of me like doubting my memory uh, mm-hmm. you know, or having a bad memory or whatever. Like that's more self-doubt. That's more self-loathing. So why are you going to question someone on their integrity if if that's something that maybe they're already like like wrestling with <laughs> right like i don't know and i can't even imagine being tom like having to like look at people say things like this like he's not allowed to like this game is it because it's from riot is it because he loves mix versus minions and people expect him to love their next game like i don't understand the the anger over him not liking Telstones, but him destroying any other game I've just seen him like destroy in a humorous fashion. Right. Like, yeah. People, I, I, I wonder if it's a riot thing in, in the mechs versus minions backlash, but I don't. Um, and you are right. Chris Cantrell, uh, he works at Riot and helped make mechs versus minions and Telstones. And that's, and he has the 100% right way to respond to this. Mm-hmm. Our games aren't for everyone. I don't take it personally. Because imagine if you right. made a board game. And every time you were doing something, you had to think, is everyone going to like this? Right. <laughs> do you think that game would yeah. be good? It will be terrible. Yeah. I, I do think there is something about how some reviewers, Tom being one of them, talks about games he doesn't like, though. Right? Yeah. He is. He does not sugarcoat or try to soften the blow when he doesn't like something. Sure. He He's very clear on his feelings and part of the thing that and why this became a hot topic again then is obviously this transition then into the questions of paid board game reviews yes right or paid (laughs) um previews versus paid whatever else might exist in the board game world and obviously in the video game landscape um people who are you know listen to us and are very very into video games uh, you know, the there's always the conspiracy theories about po- about paid video game reviews, right? Yeah. Where those things don't happen, but in the board game world, occasionally paid board game reviews do happen. Yep. That's the thing that happens sometimes, uh, and the reason for that being, and actually Rodney at Watch a Plate has done some great breakdowns as to why these things exist sometimes, uh, is because there is no IGN or GameSpot or any place that can independently make money from ads and things like that to support reviewers. That's not a thing that can exist, right? So reviewers have to figure out a way to try to make it so doing the review doesn't actually cost them money, you know? And there's the idea of, well, run a Patreon, run a Kickstarter, run a whatever. Well, how many places are big enough to be able to do that and and make money? You know, so, and again, they don't happen very often. I don't want everyone to think that every like board game <laughs> review that happens is paid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, though, but when we've reached out, when we have inquired about review copies before, people have asked us if we charge, right? Didn't that happen one time? It happened once, yes. Yeah. So, you know, even us, little old us, like people have asked us that, even if, you know, when we reached out to a publisher about doing some reviews and they asked us what we charged for it. So it happens, but. You know, and I think this obviously is different. You know, Tom is in the Dice Hard is big enough that there tend to be very, very clear uh, when something is sponsored and when something is being paid for versus their reviews, which never are. Um, but sometimes they'll do some preview stuff. I mean, they used to do Kickstarter stuff, but not so much anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. You know, 
One of the things I always think about, too, is if I play a game and don't like it, do I want to put the effort into reviewing it? Yeah, that definitely is different, <laughs> uh, especially if you're not being paid for it. Um, but, I mean, right. in, in in a way, like, us getting a free game is, it's not a form of payment, but... But it's some form of compensation, yes, right? Yes, it is. I mean, you. I think at least you're obligated to give a review. Yes. Uh, regardless. But uh, what I do like about Tom on Dice Tower, so, like, I, I just bought this Harry Potter game, right? The... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, house challenge game. Yes. Um, yep. He reviewed it. He didn't like it, but he said he's not strong in Harry Potter, and he like conceded, "Hey, like if you love the Harry Potter books or games, you will, will probably enjoy this." But for him, the theme wasn't making up for what he thought lacked in the game. So he's right. like, he's like, I don't like this game, but and he's pretty consistent with that. I don't like this game, yeah. but um. And there's definitely been a few games where he's like, I don't know that anyone could possibly like this game. He does say that. <laughs> um, yes. And as far as their like paid review stuff, like it's more like you said, previews, like they're very upfront. This is a paid preview from this company. They typically right. just play the game with the developer and they never yep. review it. They just yep. play it and let you watch. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then he'll review it when it comes out in retail release and, and he won't, Thomas had integrity forever because he doesn't hold back. He doesn't pull any punches. Right. If he was always saying positive things about games and then this game came out and he was like, this is the one game I hate and this is why. Right. Like maybe you could like investigate his integrity, but I just don't understand people thinking they can question people's integrity. <laughs> right. And I, and I think that's the big thing. I don't think anybody is, you know, insinuating Tom doesn't have integrity. It's, you know, everyone else, basically. That all the other people you, that are doing it. Yeah, that. all the other people who like everything. And that, that's my big thing. Like, when I'm playing a game that I bought on my own or if I'm playing something that, you know, I picked up on the cheap run sale or whatever, if I play it and I don't like it, oftentimes I don't talk about it on this show just because I really don't want to think about it anymore. Right? Like, yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, I just, I'm just over the thing. So, I tend to talk about the games I like because it's way more exciting to talk about um, than the things I don't. So, you know, maybe I should talk more about the things I don't like, too, but I don't really want to do that. Because it's not fun. Right. It's not (laughs) fun to do. So, yeah, I don't know. So I just thought it was interesting. Again, you know, integrity and all those things coming up again and that the only way to have integrity is to hate things. Because if you like things, you can't possibly have integrity, Well, which is pretty ridiculous. Well, end board with everything and we'll do... Bored with video games, hates everything, and we'll just talk about <laughs> video games and board games we don't like. Indeed. All right, Josh, <laughs> what is your third topic this week? Okay, so I have to ask you the question. In your entire gaming life, can you think if there has ever been a game that has been so popular that its sequel has been canceled so they can improve on the original? I was trying to think of this <laughs> when I saw this. I don't know if I I have an answer i don't know that it's ever happened (laughs) i mean it could have for sure but we're in uncharted territory right so and and i might even be totally wrong but i think this game is like a spinoff of a jackbox party pack game where there's like hidden aliens and you had to figure out who they were so among us two has been canceled as the developers decided to focus on the original title, uh, basically uh, a game named Among Us, if you don't know about this now, 
you are recently been under a rock. But if you hadn't heard about this <laughs> before, maybe a, like a month ago, you were fine because this game came out in 2018 and nobody knew about right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a social deduction game uh, where it has seen a huge surge of popularity. Um, with this is from uh, Eurogamer. Um, with stream concurrence increasing from a peak of 271 players in January, 271 players, right, to 388,000 players in the last 30 days. Yes. <laughs> so, according to the developer Innersloth, the party game recently hit a concurrent player count of 1.5 million across all platforms. To be clear, all platforms: PC and phone. <laughs> yep, that is it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so, um, as explained via their blog post, uh, developer Intersloth had plenty of internal debates over the future of Among Us, particularly given the original game's code base is outdated and not built to support new content. But due to the influx of new players, the team decided to focus all their efforts on supporting the current game and taking it to the next level, as they say. Uh, and so Among Us 2 has been canceled. All of the content they had planned for Among Us 2 is instead going to Among Us 1. Uh, they say, quote, this is probably a more difficult choice because it means going deep into the core code of the game and reworking several parts of it. We have lots of things planned and we're excited to bring new content to everyone. Uh, before I tell people what the game is, do you think this is smart for them to just try to rewrite the code and not just release a sequel? Well, it's interesting because did you read anything in this Twitter thread? No. So the Twitter thread, the Eurogamer story that we're referencing, there is uh, a tweet from at Fort Fort Bass, Forte Bass, um, (laughs) who has the name Forrest, who apparently is uh, the only programmer working on this game. (laughs) Um, And he and they walk through kind of what's going on and why. Things are just getting absolutely hammered and what they need to do to fix it. And it's really kind of fascinating. So they they go, I need five days to change room codes to six letters so I can include server info in the code to reduce matchmaker and database load. The app and thousands of very active service servers will need updating. <laughs> there will be a big outage, but I'll warn you first. But remember, I'm the only programmer. If I'm doing this, server maintenance weakens. The graph shows 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. is a tough time to play, but I also try using other regions. They're smaller, easier regions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Finally, I've been working 12-plus-hour days for a week now, and I'll probably work a little today, too. And this was back on September 5th, so quite a while ago. But I need a break. I hate when I need a break during the busiest weekend ever, but you'll ha- but you'll have to expect some issues this weekend so I can fix them for next weekend. And it's just, you know, I... <laughs> I can, I I wonder how far they were on the second game, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because like you said, you know, not that long ago, no one was playing this game. Yeah. So I do wonder if they're just going to kind of take, and it sounds like they're just going to take a lot of the things they were going to put in the second game and just shove it in the first game. Right. And that's kind of what we want. Right. We always talk about, we don't want a destiny sequel. Just put that stuff into this destiny. Right. And that's kind of what they're doing. Right. If everyone's already into this game. Okay. Well, just put all the stuff in this game, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I can't ever remember a time where they're like, we're not actually going to make a sequel anymore. We're just going to keep working on this guy. Yeah. Scrap it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so among us is a game where you're on a space station. You are assigned tasks to complete so the space station doesn't uh, essentially explode 
Uh, meanwhile, there are one to two imposters on the space station who are actually aliens, and they are attempting to sneakily kill you. Uh, the game features like things where um, uh, your communications go out depending on your situation. Maybe you're dead. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, there's just a timed outage. Uh, there's also debate on if you want to vote someone off of the spaceship, people can talk. Um, and then it's all about bluffing, right? So board game wise, it's like Avalon or resistance, uh, digitally. Um, they attribute this boom. Uh, so let's talk about how we say maybe giving Ninja $20 million isn't really worth it, but, uh, (laughs) they're attributing this boom, uh, to three, (laughs) three Twitch people playing among us, at least three specific ones, um, Soda Pop and Call Me Carson and Pokemon suddenly started mm-hmm. playing Among Us on Twitch earlier this summer, and then that's where potentially we saw these huge. So, like, Twitch helps, right? Apparently, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, we uh, play some video games. The podcast network that we are part of has a Among Us stream planned for this Saturday as you're listening and assuming it stays on uh, you'll be able to watch us play as we try to kill each other on a space station <laughs> mm-hmm. or not try to kill or each not. other or <laughs> not so yeah so uh, I think it's very interesting I can't think of a time that this has ever happened in my life with a video game but I also can appreciate and understand that there probably were times that we just weren't privy to that information uh, but instead of sequels getting canceled and, and them people putting more work into games that need it, we are getting a Prince of Persia remaster. That's right. <laughs> so throw That's it all right. against the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So my last topic is that, you know, someone earlier this year made a prediction <laughs> that Amazon was going to be jumping into the game streaming business this year and josh guess what happened uh, amazon didn't happen <laughs> is jumping into the game streaming business this year uh amazon announced their new cloud gaming service called luna which is a great name by the way it is a good uh, name. luna the name of one of my dogs luna also the name of the best character in harry potter Ooh. um what? <laughs> what what do you mean Ugh. i just luna lovegood luna lovegood's the bomb uh-huh best she character but ba- yeah who's better I'm not going to get into this debate. <laughs> exactly, because you don't have an answer, that can, right answer. that's better than Luna. <laughs> no, she is the best character, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Anyway, so Amazon has announced that using their Amazon Web Services, which not surprising, uh, they're going to go ahead and start delivering Luna. Uh, Luna is going to be slightly different than Google's efforts at this, as there will be an introductory monthly price of $5.99. Uh, and this will allow you to stream up to 4K, 4K 60 on quote unquote select titles. So we'll see if you know how many titles those actually are. But that $5.99 a month price gets you into a channel. Uh, so this channel is then going to be kind of 
what games you have available to you. So to start with, there's just the Luna channel, uh, but there's a, a good selection of games on here, uh, I guess, kind of, <laughs> fine selection maybe I'll say. Uh, things like Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, uh, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, Bloodstained, there's some stuff in there. Uh, but there also will be uh, adding a Ubisoft channel so that you could then um, subscribe to that channel and have access to Ubisoft games. So don't have to buy um, games individually. Like I said, everything that's within the channel you subscribe to, you'd have the option to play. Um, and in the Luna channel right now, there's going to be, it'll launch with more than 100 games. Uh, this is launching only in the U.S. for now. Uh, you can sign up on Amazon's service to request early access right now. So Josh, thoughts? Uh, Amazon jumping in. Excited? Not excited? How do you think this compares to Google? What What are your thoughts in general? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a smart model, right? It's better than Stadia's plan. Um, the four ninety nine, five ninety nine, uh, five ninety nine a month thing. You know, that's like, hey, like Game Pass works. Let's try it. Uh, right. They have a good offering of titles. Uh, for me, like I'm interested, right? Like I like the controller. They smart, like copy Xbox, copy Stadia, essentially, copy the copy of the copy. Uh, it looks fine. Right. It's it's practical. It's functional. That's what you want. It doesn't have to be crazy. Like it doesn't have to be a a, a Joy-Con. Um, I, I like that idea. I like the for five ninety nine a month. I will try this. You know, they got me mm -hmm. to try it uh, for sure. Uh, it, it helps that it works on the Fire TV, uh, which I think a lot of Amazon Prime members might already have, right. which is nice. Um, I don't know how well it's going to work on an Amazon Fire TV. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. Not Fire Stick, Fire TV, which I have the cube, so right. that works for me, not the Fire Stick. Um, it's going to be good for them because it works on Apple devices, so they kind of mm -hmm. have the edge on <laughs> everyone else trying to get in there. Uh, right. The, 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 the games... That's the thing, right? For me, it's what games are they going to have that Game Pass doesn't have, that, that mm -hmm. Twitch Prime doesn't have, that Humble Bundle right. doesn't have, that Epic right. Games Store doesn't have. And I really just find it hard to believe that anyone can compete in that landscape now for people who are already taking advantage of those services mm -hmm. like me. Um, but, I mean, I'm interested to check it out. Um I saw the controls like 20 bucks at Walmart now. So now I know why they're not giving the ultimate edition away uh, <laughs> for free to people who already own it. Resident Evil 7, you know, it's fine. It's an older game. It's already on Game Pass. Uh, Plague Tale, great game. We love that game. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these games we've seen elsewhere. So I'm curious to see where, where they're going to grab us. But the uh, ability to add UB, UB Plus to it is big for them, right? Right. Um, because then you're finally competing with the new games. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good. I mean, they don't need the money, but I mean, good for us as gamers for more options. I was going to say good for them, but who cares about them? <laughs> uh, right. Good for gamers, more accessibility, more options. Um, and I did sign up uh, to be part of the thing, and they do ask you like your upload and your download and your area okay. code. So they, so I'm sure there's a lot of people who wanted to try this that just were kind of are going to get shut down based on their upload and download speeds. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because it does, you know, support uh, keyboard and mouse, a connected Bluetooth controller, including DualShock 4 and Xbox One, or their new Luna controller, which using the Luna controller will reportedly or purportedly 
uh, reduced latency by 17 to 30 milliseconds um, compared to the other controllers because it will also connect directly to the cloud um, if you're playing on PC, Fire TV, and Mac. My big thing is I don't have a Fire TV. Uh, I have a PC, obviously. I don't have a Mac. You know, I have an Apple device, but I only have an iPhone, so I'm probably not going to use this on my iPhone. Why the... Yes, having the Ubisoft thing is cool, but I don't know why I wouldn't just subscribe to Ubisoft directly. Right. I guess, you know, so that's kind of where I don't, mm, I really don't know where this sits for me because I don't have it actually a super easy way to use it other than sitting at my computer. But then, like you said, I have, I've been, you know, <laughs> claiming free Twitch games yeah. for. <laughs> I don't even know how long. Yeah. I have so many PC games that I don't even you know, yep, know, I know. actually how to download. Um, that's pretty ridiculous. So I'm interested to see if this where this expands to. I think if they could do a partnership with something like Roku or someone like that, I think that might really help put them apart from like Stadia just to be able to be on uh an additional device that is like because you know how many roku televisions are there out there yeah or just yeah. something like that having an app like that that would work directly i think would really help them and then might get me a little bit more interested i think it's cool i think the price is affordable i like that they're going with the library approach if you get this number of games for the this monthly price that you can pick multiple channels to subscribe to if you want to it sounds like yeah. so i think they're going the right direction just not quite there for me where i want to jump in yet yeah i mean there are amazon tv there are tvs with amazon fire built in which is nice Mm -hmm. Um, but like the fact that I could like our fire cube is in our bedroom and I don't have any right. consoles in there. I have my switch charging in there, but the idea that I can have my like Xbox controller on my nightstand mm -hmm. and I crawl into bed early and just fire up a game I wanted to experience on my TV before I go to yeah. sleep is pretty appealing to me. I don't have to go in the living room, turn on my consoles. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm interested to try it. Um, but you're right, if they could expand this to like Roku, that would also be huge for them or just get more Fire TVs in the affordable, right? That's the thing. Roku TVs yeah. are affordable and they're 4K. Yep. So if they can get Fire into these more affordable 4K TVs, that's a huge market for them. That would be. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll see. I'll be watching this with great interest to see how they do, see how that compares with Stadia and all that good stuff. All right, Josh, time for a very brief news section, prediction time. Ooh. What news is going to be announced between the time we record <laughs> this episode and this episode post? What's going to be the big news that happens Monday, Josh? Uh, where where are we? What are we waiting on? Uh, What's the big news that's going to happen? Let's see. Oh, Mass... No, Mass Effect Remaster is going to get announced on November 7th. Um, <laughs> shoot. Uh, okay, let's just say one that I don't... Will this happen? Will it not happen? What's going to happen? Uh, let's say uh, we get an announcement that uh, every Doom game is coming to Game Pass. All, okay. all the ones that they just put out on the Switch, like Three, uh, so Doom, Doom sixty four, Doom three, is there Doom four? Yeah, Doom four. I think so yeah, whatever. All the Dooms because we already know Doom Eternal is coming. Right. I'll do a safe. Cool. I'll do a safe bet that we get a Bethesda announcement. We're gonna get the Elder Scrolls games and all the Doom games coming to Game Pass, um, the second week of October, or the first. No, first week. No. Oh. First week of October, because that's when, because we're also going to get our games with gold and PlayStation Plus games announced, because we haven't gotten those yet. Oh, PlayStation will announce, they do Fridays, right? 
Uh, they typically announce like the Wednesday before. Wednesday. Okay, so yeah, we'll get it the last day of September. So. Yeah, Game Pass announcement. I think. Mm, I think we're gonna get. Some, mm, intentionally or unintentionally, there's gonna be a, a leak of the PlayStation Five UI. Oh, because that's coming up soon, right? That's coming up soon-ish. Yes, that, that's supposed to happen with at least some folks in Japan. Um, so I think maybe we'll see that on Monday. So that's what I'm going to say. Cool. All right. With that, on to some listener-submitted questions. Josh, why don't you take it from here? Yeah, we got one coming in from Splig uh, at Dopalicious on Twitter. Splig says, what game slash franchises are you excited to see take advantage of next gen? Uh, confirmed or not? Uh, he's pumped for Diablo 4, but really excited to play anything on the new hard drives. I think Diablo 4 is a fantastic answer. Um, what am I really excited to see take advantage of next gen? My easy answer is Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. On PS4. On PlayStation 5, Kyle. <laughs> oh, on PlayStation 5. It's not going to gotcha. take advantage of the SSD on the PlayStation 4. Now, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. It's not. <laughs> Uh, for me, actually, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how that SSD works with that game and and what they're showing there. I think it's going to be super exciting. Uh, my other answer, though, actually, uh, because now that we know BlizzCon Digital is happening in February, that's when I'm assuming we'll get our next look at Overwatch Two. <laughs> if we ever get to see that again. <laughs> So it's only been like a year almost since we saw it last time. So I'm going to go with hopefully Overwatch Two. Um, I don't know what that would do other than loading into games faster, probably, but <laughs> I'm stoked for that game. So I'm just going to say that. I don't know how, what the SSDs would do with it, but Ratchet & Clank is my true real answer. Uh, and hopefully that game's coming in January or February. That's my hope. But All right, Josh, that is it. Let's start wrapping this show up here with our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you that one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into as helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your suggestion this week? Hey, so I'm doing this really cool podcast called The Decade of Horror with uh, Donnie Reese and Lucas Rose. And uh, I am really enjoying uh, exploring the movies of the 2010s. Uh, so my recommendation is Pookie Movies. We're about to enter October. It would be pointless for me to mention this in the middle of October because then you won't have time to watch them. <laughs> um, there are a plethora of ways to watch these. I discovered there's an app called Tubi, T-U-B-I, which is free, which is has a buttload of horror movies on it. Uh, you just have to watch some commercials. Um, Hulu's been pretty focused on horror. Amazon has some great ones. Uh, Netflix is loaded too. Uh, so if you have any streaming services, you can find them. Um, if you want suggestions on horror movies to watch, check out that podcast. Uh, even if you just want to jump to the end and at the end of each episode, we give you the best of the year in our opinions, but each episode we give you our top three and we talk, uh, a good amount about them. We do dive into spoiler territory, um, but I think we typically try not to ruin movies by taking away the big twists. Um, you can also tweet at me if you want some suggestions, either by year, by genre, or or what you like. Let me know. Um, but yeah, I love horror, and and it's kind of slowly been transitioning to suspense thriller. Um, 
where we're losing more traditional horror films, which is fine. Um, but yeah, let's get into that. A lot of people might not have a Halloween this year, but that doesn't mean you can't watch some scary movies and enjoy them. There's a lot of, I kind of view it as like comics. People read a comic, people see comic books and they don't think of them as well written like books or literature or stories. It's the same for horror movies. People look at horror, they think it's it's like crappy movie, like a crappy movie. It's like cheesy and overdone. There's a lot of very well done, deep, insightful, spooky movies that you can watch as well. So get out there, watch some spooky movies. Excellent. Spooky movies. <laughs> All right. My recommendation is a Netflix show, which is similar to my recommendation from last week, but different. Uh, and that is the American Barbecue Showdown. Uh, doing some more barbecue, you know, where last time it was um, Bacon. chef's table <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> Uh, this is the American Barbecue Showdown. It is a competition barbecue show uh, where they do all sorts of barbecue, some very, very traditional, but then also looking at doing some barbecue from different cultures, uh, doing barbecue from different techniques. And every week, as a t- typical competition show, one person is eliminated as they move on and move on. The cool thing about barbecue, though, that I always enjoy when they do these competition shows is like, all right, you have 14 hours. <laughs> And that's how long they have to be because sometimes barbecue just takes a long time. Uh, so I was just fu- think it's funny when they're sitting there overnight at like three in the morning uh, trying to make sure their barbecue is going okay. Uh, but it's really it's a really cool look if you're not someone who's super into barbecue. Um, it'll give you a good kind of rundown of what the general barbecue things are. If you're someone who's into barbecue, it's going to give you a really broad look at some different styles and some different uh, some more exotic meats and things that they use. Uh, so it's an enjoyable show, pretty quick as well. Uh, and most of the people on it are really enjoyable to watch, which always makes it a little bit easier. So the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. Check it out. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Great idea. Now I take a breath. And then I go. <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. That's a good grab, audio grab. I'm so tired. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvgi at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji, so please use that hashtag as well on all social media. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Stop gaming.